said, Do not fear, for I am always with you. I will never leave you. Whenever you need me, just call out my name. And I will be at your side in an instant. And as she began to look around, she began to realize that it wasn't a secret garden that she thought she had come into, but this was a huge country, far bigger than the other one. And as she looked back at the wall, she realized that there were wooden doors going along the wall. And as she watched, these wooden doors would open and they were always opened by the man that had opened hers. And as she watched, he would open a door and another child would come through. And he would do the same thing that he had done with her. He would take off their clothes and as she watched closely, because she had almost missed it, his robes would, be would become momentarily stained with blood and then become clean. And she realized that there were many coming in through those wooden doors. Sometimes when we um, think about the kingdom and where we come from, we forget the simplicity of the truth that's in the Bible. Sometimes we, we overcomplicate it with things. But the simplicity is that through, Je through Jesus' death, and resurrection, he has literally transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You see, this little girl lived in actually a small walled garden. She thought what she entered into was a small walled garden. But that was actually the kingdom of light and the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes in our lives, we think that the kingdom of darkness and the enemy is so much bigger. But it's really very small. And when we come through that wooden door, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he's that door. He's the one that opens that door to us. And as we step through that door, the transition that happens for us is as clear as what I've just described. By the way, the Lord gave me that story in the worship. 
It is as clear as having the door opened and us stepping through the door and the door closing behind us. And it is as clear as Jesus taking off our filthy rags, cleaning us and putting on white, clean robes. But you see, sometimes we live, even as Christians, we live under what I would say is the belief system of the kingdom of darkness. It's almost like when we go through that door and we have our white robes put on, put on us, it's almost like we still do battle in our minds about which kingdom we live under. Now, you can call it ungodly beliefs or lies that the enemy tells us. But fundamentally, it's still allowing ourselves to live under the kingdom of darkness. And yet we know that on the cross, Jesus paid for and dealt with every aspect of the kingdom of darkness that there was to deal with. And so for us, there is a measure of us needing to gird up our will and gird up our choice and our capacity to choose about which kingdom we live under. By the way, the title of my talk, I think, was Sonship. So I'm getting there. Um, when I first started on the whole inner healing journey and understanding God as a father, I came to a point in that journey where... I was so, some of this came from ministering to other people. I, I got so, if I can put it this way, righteously angry at the hold the enemy still seemed to have on people who are Christians. <laughs> or who love Jesus and know that they're saved. And as I sort of, you know, reflected on this and did lots of ministry and all of that kind of stuff, I realized that there's, there's, um, there's a choice that each one of us has to make, which is that I am going to pursue God and his truth and his kingdom with everything that is within me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your mind, with all your strength, with your whole capacity. And very often when we listen to that command, I know I've been through a season where I've just sat back and thought, I don't know how to do that. How do you do that? But fundamentally, doing that is allowing him to love us first. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that we might have life. It's amazing. 
But it's almost like what we do is we walk through that wooden door, we receive those white clothes, and for some reason, we kind of open the door and go back again <laughs> and go back to normal life. How many of you, I'm putting my hand up because I've done that, how many of you have done that? You don't do it deliberately, but it's almost like we keep walking. It's like, I'm going to go through the door. No, I'm, I need to go back to Jesus. I need to get forgiveness. I need to know that I'm healed or I'm going to go back because my mind is telling me lies. One of the most um, profound things that we can discover is the identity that Christ has given us. If you read Psalm 139, it's very clear that God created us, you know, before we, we even knew about ourselves. If you read that psalm, it's an incredible psalm about him creating us and how he formed us and how he knows us. In the secret places. But the trouble is, the enemy so hates us understanding the truth of our identity and the truth of who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God, that he will do everything right from the point of conception to make us believe lies about ourselves and about him. If you look at it in Genesis 3, and I won't go into that in a great detail, but there were quite clear commandments which were for the protection of Adam and Eve. They were in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Delights. And they had been given stewardship over the Garden of Delights. But when the enemy came in and brought a question mark, what the enemy was doing was bringing a question mark about God. Did God really say? Question mark. Can you trust him? Is he truthful? Does he really say that you're amazing? In fact, you are so utterly amazing that he sent Jesus, his son, to die for you so you could come back into understanding that amazingness. And right from that point of conception, what he does is he plants those question marks. Are you really loved? Will you be successful? Do you have a call and a destiny? Are you an amazing person? I've done enough ministry <laughs> in my life to know that every one of us here struggles with some of those questions. Those 
hidden fears, those hidden question marks in our lives. And I know enough about God that he is utterly committed to us walking into the fullness of who he created us to be. It's almost like when he thought about you and you were conceived, he put this stamp on you saying, this one is built like this. This one is made like this to fulfill these things in her or his life. This one is made like this. It's totally different from this one. But this one and this one and this one all have the stamp of my image. We are made in his image. That's incredible. We are made in the image of God. And the enemy so hates that that it's like a target right from conception. Now, I hear, you know, lots of different teaching. And I know there's always this challenge of everything was done on the cross. Which is absolutely true. Absolutely true. But going back to this picture of the door, it is almost like we walk through the door and then we doubt So we go back, and it's almost like we take on again the old identity. It's like we become double identity people. Does that make sense? We know here what Scripture says. But in our lives, it doesn't always work out that way. The best way I can describe what I think is the process for us is it's almost like here is the truth and this is the reality of who we are. But we need eyes to see it. We need spiritual eyes to see biblically what is true. And I know that the journey of healing is actually taking my spiritual eyes, putting it on the word of God, which is truth, and saying to myself, this is truth. It's not matching up with my life, but I am not going to sacrifice truth to match my experience. I am instead going to bring my experience into line with truth. Sometimes that needs a journey of healing. Sometimes it needs eyes to see what we believe. (laughs) I know enough to know that some of the lies that we believe are put in there very deeply. And we spend our whole life 
trying to deny it because it's such a horrible lie. But my challenge to all of us is if you want to live fully and completely in the kingdom of light so that your whole being shines with light, so that you fully know what your identity is in Christ as a son and a daughter, you need to gird up your strength and your loins, if I can put it that way, and make the, d the internal decision, I am absolutely not going to have any part of my life living under the kingdom of the darkness. So when challenges come our way, we turn our face and we say, no, this is the truth. Now, how does this work in real life? I can only tell you my own experience. I know that at a certain stage in my walk with the Lord, um, I, can't, I can't remember exactly how, but at a certain stage in my walk with the Lord, my understanding shifted from struggling to try and sort my life out to realizing Actually, it's about focusing on the truth of the kingdom of God, what he says in the Bible, it's truth, and bringing this into alignment with the truth. Now, how does that operate in practice? I'm still doing it. How does it operate in practice? When I'm in a life situation, and um, I can use any kind of example, if I'm having challenges with a particular person, or I'm struggling with finances, or, um, you know, well, let's use those two examples. If I cannot bring myself to peace, we all know what it's like to be anxious, don't we? Yes? hope I'm not the only one. <laughs> well, Scripture says don't be anxious about anything. Worry only about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. And we think by our worry and all the energy it takes, it takes a lot of energy, that we will change circumstances. Right? Well, I, I can't let aside, because if I do, something might not change, is sort of what's going on. Now, if I can't actually lay it down and say, actually, Lord, your scripture does say, don't worry about the things of tomorrow. Just let me live today fully for you. If I'm finding a struggle in doing that, it immediately now sends up my radio antennae and I start saying to the Lord, Lord, what is it that I do not believe about you that causes me to be unable to put down this anxiety? 
because your word says you are my provider. Right? In a relationship, if you're struggling in a relationship, if you're having tension and, you know, well, so-and-so said this and I don't know what's got into them, you know. How many of us have had that if we're real? Yeah? <laughs> what does Scripture say? Love your enemy. Be at peace. Walk in forgiveness. So if I'm finding I'm in a tension with this relationship, and I'm like, and I know what it's like to do the rehearsing in your mind. You may not speak it out, but if you do any kind of rehearsing, well, I don't know, I just think I'm right. I just think they were wrong when they said that. Why did they say it? I mean, what did they think they were meaning? Yeah? That kind of rehearsing, my antennae immediately goes up. Because the second command is love your neighbor as yourself. And it's very difficult to love your neighbor if you're rehearsing. <laughs> the power of forgiveness is incredible. Absolutely incredible. I know that when you gird up your will and you make your choice and choose to forgive somebody, somebody for what they have done or said that has caused you pain, there is a release that comes that brings peace. They may never change, by the way. You cannot change anybody else. But you can bring yourself to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I'm struggling here. Would you change my heart? I don't seem to be able to do it myself, but Holy Spirit, you raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in me, because you're in me, Holy Spirit. So would you come and work that change in my heart so that I can move out of the kingdom of darkness back into the kingdom of light because actually this is where I want to live all the days of my life. Right? Because actually as we live in this kingdom we begin to see miracles, healings, people being saved because we're living under the kingdom of God.
When we live in this kingdom, we have this authority. If you're a citizen of a kingdom, you walk in that kingdom. It's like having a passport. I'm, I'm, um, I've got a British passport. I was born in Ethiopia. I could very e easily have got an Ethiopian passport, but I decided I didn't bring me with me. Pr pretend this is a passport. This passport is my document that I am a member or a citizen of the United Kingdom, right? It gives me, um, it gives me all the rights of a United Kingdom citizen, okay? Even if I go into another country, it gives me all those rights. So if I, was, if I went into another country and I was, a, was arrested, I know, because I have a UK passport, that the British Embassy would be onto it like a shot. I know that because you hear those stories. There is a covering that comes with having a UK passport. Okay? Let's pretend this is the passport of the kingdom of God. So, whatever country you travel in, knowing that you're a kingdom, that you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, you can go into any other country, i.e. the kingdom of darkness. You can be in your master's business and you're still covered by the kingdom of heaven, right? You need to know you're a citizen. You can't be doing this and then this. Oh, which, which passport do, <laughs> do I hold, right? That's sometimes a little bit of what it's like. I'm a member of this kingdom, but now I'm not so sure because I believe some lies, right? Am I, am I getting through? <laughs> you have a choice to make. It's a choice that only you can make. We don't teach lot, a lot about choices, especially if we've kind of got quite a few problems and they can be overwhelming. Life situations can be overwhelming. Perhaps our, our experience has been quite painful. So there's a lot to kind of reconfigure into the kingdom of heaven. I understand all of that. Been there, done my journey, still on my journey, ministered to a lot of people. But what I fundamentally know is that once you yourself have made the choice of I absolutely refuse to give the enemy any ground in my life. I am absolutely committed to living in the kingdom of heaven and what he says is true. That journey has brought me to a totally different way of looking at life. So now, 
When I have a problem, be it worrying about finances or whatever it can be, some of them can be quite pretty intense. I understand about intensity and you're almost like, does God exist? Sometimes, I understand that. I've done that spiral down. Am I a Christian? Do I actually believe anything? I've done all of that. But what happened for me in that whole particular life experience is I got to such a point that I almost gave it all up. But I got to this point and I was almost as if I was speaking to Satan. I, I wasn't. I was more speaking my thoughts out, although I said it verbally. And what I said was, anything can be happening in my life. All of this, I don't know what's right or wrong in this particular, you know, rehearsing. I don't know, I don't understand, etc., etc. But one thing you will not change for me is, number one, that Jesus died for me and he covered every aspect of my life. He covered my sin. He covered my pain. He covered my successes and he covered my failures. So whilst you are trying to tell me I'm a failure, and I certainly felt like one at the time, I am saying to you, Satan, that nonetheless, even if I am a complete failure, he died for me. He covered absolutely everything for me. I am now in the kingdom of God and the Father sees me totally differently. That is mercy. That is grace. Sometimes when we're on the journey of inner healing, and I'm not, you know, sometimes on the journey of inner healing, we think we have to do such a battle of replacing an ungodly belief with a godly belief, replacing a truth, uh, un, uh, lie with a truth. And sometimes on that journey, it feels such hard work, doesn't it? Yeah? We do have to do that. Take every thought captive. It's a command. Take every thought captive and bring it in line. If I can find the scripture. 2 Corinthians 10, weapons of our warfare. Take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. In obedience to Christ. What are we doing? We are saying, I am absolutely not living under the kingdom of darkness. And I am therefore going to take every thought captive that comes up against what he has said to me about my identity, what the word says to me about my identity. I am a daughter 
of God Most High. I am a daughter of my Father in heaven. Therefore, I am going to take every thought captive and I am bringing it to the foot of the cross and I am coming to peace and rest in the kingdom of life. In Ephesians 6, checking the time, in Ephesians 6, it talks about, therefore put on the whole armor of God. I, I'm not going to, I could preach a whole sermon on that, but I don't have time. If you look at that verse by verse, what you're actually seeing is, is sort of an identity, the helmet of salvation. I am saved. The blessed breastplate of righteousness I am made righteous in Christ. That's my identity. The gospel of the shoes of peace, the shoes of peace. I am meant to walk in peace every day of my life. The shield of faith that extinguishes the fiery darts. What is faith? Faith is simply believing in him. believing in what my father says about me. So when a dart comes your way, you don't have to like get out a sword and do all this, you know, getting exhausted. <laughs> you can just stand there and say, yeah, well, that's not what he says about me. And I'm going to rest in what he says about me, not about what you, Satan, bring to me. Now, I understand, because I've been on the journey myself, that all of this is a journey into the fullness of that. I understand that. But I do know that there's a point at which you have crossed the line of struggling so much to believe anything is true, <laughs> to realizing, no, actually, it's all true, and I'm just not coming in under that authority anymore. But for me, it was a definite choice, and I think it was, a, it was almost like a righteous anger came up inside me where I, I just stood there one day and I was like, why would I even consider staying in under the kingdom of darkness? Why would I even consider nurturing this? It's a choice. And one of the greatest gifts that the Father has given us is the capacity to choose. Very often we grow up feeling like a victim. I'm not able to choose. Life just happens to me. Very often we grow up. So it takes a little bit of muscle. You have to exercise your muscle 
to begin to say, no, actually, I think I'm just going to exercise my freedom of choice today. And I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to stay in this place. I'm going to move, keep moving over to this place. It's almost like you come out of one set of rules into a kingdom of grace and mercy. This is very legalistic. Kingdom of darkness is very legalistic. But when you move over here into the kingdom of light, you begin to find that because you yourself understand and know the grace and the mercy that you yourself have received, your capacity to give it grows exponentially. It's much easier to see other people with the eyes of mercy and therefore forgive them when you know that you yourself have received that mercy. What is inner healing? It's really about receiving the grace and mercy that he has bought for us. It's allowing it to filter in and settle, settle us. But that isn't for us to feel better. We will feel better, by the way. <laughs> Actually, the purpose is so that we stand here fully understanding I am a daughter of the Most High God. My life is not wasted. My life has purpose. And he's given me everything I need to accomplish what he called my life into being for. Which, if we want to be really simple about it, is love the Lord your God with all your mind, your heart, your wealth, your strength, every part of who you are. If you love the Lord your God with all of that, actually everything flows out of that. But, but you have to know who you are as a daughter or a son of the Father first. Because if you don't know who you are, how can you love? Jesus knew absolutely who he was. Um, we're not going to look at it because I've run out of time. But John 5.19, Jesus can do nothing but only what he sees the Father doing. If you read John as a gospel, it's an amazing gospel because he really does talk about who am I? I've come to do the Father's bidding. And he had such a real understanding of his calling. He knew where he came from. He knew what his purpose was. And he knew where he was going.
but we all need to know that. We need to know that we came from Psalm 139, I knew you, into what our life is, into where we're going. We all need to know that. So why don't we stand? Father, I know that um, all of us are in um, different places in this room today. And um, why don't you just close your eyes? If you are here today and you know, you know that you have never really opened that door and gone from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, if you have never met Jesus and allowed him to change your clothes, as it were, and you would like to do that today, then I would like to invite you to come forwards. We'll give a general call later, but I'd like you to come forwards, and there will be prayer ministry team here at the front, and they can pray that process through with you. Sometimes when we make that decision, it is actually as easy, if you want to picture it, as knocking on the door, allowing Jesus to open the door, which he will do, and saying, Jesus, I just want to know you. I want to know you as my savior, my healer, my deliverer, and the restorer of my soul. It really is as easy as saying that to him. But sometimes it's good for us to do that with somebody else as a witness, because we can then go back to that time and say, on that date, at that time, with this person, I made this decision. And it is a decision. So if you are here today and you've never made that choice and that decision, then I strongly urge you to come up to make that decision. So the prayer ministry team will be up here. You can just find one of them and pray that, pray that prayer through with them. If you are here and you know that you've gone through that wooden door and you know that you want Jesus, but you know that you almost, it's like making another choice and you want to pray that through with somebody, then again, I'd encourage you to come up the front and the prayer ministry team will do that process with you. And I would say that it's really about... Um, girding yourself up on the inside and saying, actually, today I'm going to make the choice that my face is set towards the kingdom of heaven to be, and my goal and my aim is to be living in this kingdom all the days of my life. And it's almost like serving notice on the kingdom of darkness and saying, I'm just not going to entertain what you try to hold me into anymore. Now, I understand it's a journey. 
So if you do that process today and you leave and you still struggle, my suggestion is you may want some help in the process. And we have some great um, inner healing um, tools and, and teams that would be very helpful for you to walk through that process with. Sometimes we need a bit of extra help and others to help us on that road until we're strong enough to keep walking ourselves. So if you want to pray that through, that just that decision, I'm not talking about deep ministry today, I'm talking about that decision. If, you, if what I've said to you today has kind of lit a light or a determination in you, then I just encourage you to come forwards and pray that through with the prayer ministry team today. It's almost like planting a flag in a hill and saying, I am going to do this journey into the kingdom of light and I'm going to be really determined about it. It's like serving notice on the enemy. I I've done that several times in my life, just to encourage you. I've done that several times. Sometimes we have to do it verbally with somebody else. It's like saying something helps the process. Okay. So if you fall into either of those two things, you want to meet Jesus, you want to open that door and meet him, please come to the front. And if you want to make that statement of I'm serving notice on this and I'm walking all the days of my life in the kingdom of God, then I also want you to come forwards for prayer, just to walk that process through. But now I'm actually going to pray. If you want to pray with me, just do it, you know, follow my prayer and say a big amen afterwards. Because for some of you, you, don't, you won't need to come to the front. For some of you, you just know that the Lord has spoken to you today and it's a reminder and you just know that you need to be in agreement and sort of set your face towards the goal that the Lord has put you in front of you. So, Father, we just come to you and we say that, um, Lord, where we have allowed Satan and his minions to hold us back from fully entering into the truth and the power and the amazingness of your kingdom. Father, we just say that we're sorry, perhaps for not even recognizing that that's what's been happening. Perhaps for thinking the battle is too great and we're too weak. Whatever the reason, Father, we just say we're sorry for not believing that you are bigger than all of this, for not fully understanding the power of all that you accomplished for us on the cross, Jesus, for not fully understanding the power that you bring to our lives, Holy Spirit. And Father, we choose today to set our face towards you. We choose today to walk this journey of knowing what it is to be your son or your daughter in the same way that Jesus knew it. 
And so today, we set our faces towards your face. I can't remember where it is, but there's a scripture that says, Today, I and my household will choose to serve God. Father, today, in my life, in the life of my household, I choose to serve you and no other. And we serve notice on the enemy today in all these lives. You have your eviction orders, as it were. And so, Father, I just speak that serving of notice, your time is ended in each of these lives today that have made this decision, Jesus. So Satan, your time is ended and we serve you notice. And Jesus, would you yourself come and open that door Would you take our hands? Would you lead us into the presence of the Father? As your word says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Would you take our hands and would you lead us to our Father who is kind and generous and powerful and Holy Spirit as we walk that journey would you give us that power that we so desperately need to keep our faces set towards the truth in Jesus name